This week, I'm trying to sell the funny, and we're talking about Dead Space 2. Welcome to another episode of Chips and Bits. I'm your host this week, Matthew Anderson, and with me as always, Kenneth Myers. Hello. Howdy, Kenny. Howdy, Matt. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Are you uh, Are you ready for the for the scary, crazy anomaly that we're going to try and boil down to a 20 minute, 25 minute podcast this week? Yeah, uh, I I like this game so much. In our continuing line of games that we really like and talk about that we like, right? That I am after this going to go and finish up my second time through the game. Um, Which I mean. How many games can any of us say that about, really? Very few. Very yeah. few. You know, you know what else? I'm, I'm, I'm not just excited about talking about this game because it's, it's scary and I loved it. This may be the only recent game that you've finished. Uh, did you, No, I finished it before you. Never mind. I thought it was going to be a game that you'd finished before me, but you haven't. No, uh, I've finished Infamous 2 before you, though. That's right, Infamous 2. And L.A. Noir before you. You just barely. It doesn't really count. Well, I I mean, but I still did. It kind of counts, actually, a lot. I guess what I was shooting for with that is that I'll have be- I will have beat Dead Space 2, what, two, three months ago? Right. So it's very fresh for you. You've, you've just beaten it. You're going to have a, a lot more interesting things to say than me. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of a general... We should hope. That's a general thing with these podcasts. Sorry, more than usual. Right, there we go. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Man, it was really good. Like, the story was was interesting. The um, The battles were tough. What level... What level do you play the game on, by the way, of difficulty? Uh, whatever the default was. It was just like... It. It's like normal. Yeah. I could not imagine this game on hard. I think I tried playing the original on hard once and just got my ass handed to me in the first five minutes. So there's a difficulty level that's even above that. Like Insanity or, or, or yeah. retarded or something like that. Yeah, it's like um, Yeah, I, I play I started playing that with the whatever it's called, new game plus mode, whatever, when you're done. Yeah. Because um, I, I also was going to try a second playthrough of this game. That that's how much I enjoyed it. I didn't do it. I didn't end up doing it. But I did get at least to chapter three or four. And yeah, to to your point, the, the difficulty difference between those two levels, even with guns maxed out, crazy heroic armor second time through, was noticeably more difficult. How do they increase the difficulty? Is it just the volume or is it the ammunition? Where does it actually lie? So it, from what I noticed, uh, two things. One... Uh, the enemies are are more difficult um to you shoot to be, off limbs but with full powered guns on new game plus you can shoot off limbs like no other yeah but you have to be very precise like you have to really get it on the you can't be you can't be uh, kind of off to the side slightly you really have to get it on the on oh the really it's precision yeah. based yeah as far yeah it, it it definitely seemed that way the thing that was more difficult though is it's not uh, uh they don't give you as much ammo right no, like and I, when I say they don't give you enough ammo, like, I've run out of ammo several times. Interesting. So, yeah, it, what becomes difficult is not only do you have to be more precise, but keep in mind, this game is 
effing scary, right? God. This is the kind of game where when you go into a room, shit starts happening, and you just start spraying bullets or whatever ammo you have into the fray to try and kill whatever is around you. And that mindset no longer works on, on the higher difficulty levels because you have to conserve your hammer. So it sucks. I there's, there's an important piece here with, with playing this game that uh, you and I had a, had a somewhat unique experience. Uh, if you play Dead Space, the sound design is phenomenal. But Dead Space is a completely different game when you play it with surround sound headphones. Yeah. It is ten times as scary when you play it just through your normal speaker system. Yep. Um, and it was thrilling. But for me, I got the game probably about two months ago, I want to say, maybe. It was a while ago, yeah. Yeah, so Matt sent me his copy uh, because I work at a small company and I can't afford uh, video games. And he, uh, he sent me his copy and I played through to about chapter eight. Wow, that far, eh? And then I actually had apprehension coming back to play it. Like wait, that, wait, 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 wait. Did you scare yourself out of playing? I scared myself into playing the entire Infamous series uh-huh. before I came back to Dead Space 2. Uh-huh. It was that good. Like, the scares, too... They they fuck more with you in this game. Like mm-hmm. by the end of Dead Space One, you kind of knew that there was gonna be a monster coming out of the uh, the the you know the wall and the, the hole vents. that they, yeah, yeah yeah, and you're like oh there's an item so here comes a monster, um, you know Dead Space One, uh, but this time like they would send you down a whole fucking hallway for like five minutes with nothing but just yep. sounds and like either silence or. And when you're playing with headphones, uh, it's scary as shit. And yeah, I was apprehensive about playing the game. Towards the end of the game, way more action-oriented. Yes. Way, way different. Like, it, like someone, someone compared it to, like, Alien and Aliens. Um, and I thought, I thought that when you got to the end of the game, that was a lot truer. Like, they... they yeah. They, but the atmosphere, man, ah, so good. Well, I'm I'm happy to say that I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, the, the Dead Space Two is definitely one of those games where if you weren't in the mood to sit down on your couch, have no one else around, turn off every light in the room, make sure it was pitch black, and you had your headphones on, and you weren't prepared for that experience, you, you almost did not want to play it because it, it does feel like if you remove any of the factors that could heighten the fear for you, that you're cheating the game a little bit, right? Yeah. It, it really forces you to commit to it, its style in a, in a way that I haven't really experienced with another game. And it, it's, it's scary the whole way through. Very, very scary. Yeah. Uh, interesting part, though, second time through, not even close to as scary. Yeah. Yeah, well, see, it's funny, because you know, the first time you play it through, it, it almost seems like, t- to your previous point, that when they were deciding what areas or hallways should have monsters in them, they just rolled a dice. Yes or no? Should this hallway have monsters? I don't know. Should it? Yeah. You know, and that, that kind of technique sounds a little bit lazy, but boy, does it work. I mean, there, there's several times when you're walking down a hallway and you're like, okay, they're coming, they're coming, they're going to come get me. Ten minutes later, you didn't see a, you know, a single necromorph. And it's like, okay, where are all the monsters? And as soon as you've let your guard down, 
that then they come and it's like god damn it and they and they they get you almost every time yeah um so let's kind of talk about uh let's talk about the story all uh, right the way this game starts out uh is it, it starts out in complete utter fucking chaos yeah like I'm going to spoil plot lines for you, but I don't want to spoil the beginning of the game for you because it's so good. But all I say, I will, all I will say to you is that for a good, like, the first chapter, you are pretty much in a straitjacket and you don't have a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> and it is so well done. Uh, and you just, you just feel like you're thrown into, like, one of the worst situations. And, like, it was, like, Uncharted. Like, how Uncharted mm-hmm. does a really good job of just making you feel like you're in a movie. Yeah. That makes you feel like you're you're just in part of this insanity of this uh, space station getting take over. Yeah. And then it moved on to this incredibly psychological, interesting um, story about uh, Isaac Clarke's guilt. Mm-hmm. Um and they kind of cheapened it at the end. We talk about the end of every game, and I want to talk about how they cheapened Isaac Clarke's guilt. Well, let, well, let's see how how close to the end of the podcast we can talk about the end of the game versus every other time we talk about a game, we talk about the ending first. Ah, oh, but it's the most <laughs> interesting part of these story-driven games. <laughs> really? Because I think that you know there there's a couple. There was at least one um, rather large twist in in Dead Space Two that. I, I thought, you know, when, when you first start the game, you think that the entire uh, storyline with the, you know, the religious folks, what, what the hell are they called? A unitologist. The, the unitologist, yeah. The cyan unitologists. Um, you, you think that that's going to be kind of the core storyline. They're going to they're gonna run that narrative through just like they did in Dead Space. And there's that fairly large twist, you know, 40, 50% of the way through the game. And then it's totally done. That storyline just ends... Uh, and then there's this other way more interesting storyline than that ever was that kind of comes in and starts. So, you know, I think the midway point of the game is also worth a discussion. You know, it's definitely a game that has, unlike a lot of games, it has like three acts. Like, yeah. It is a three-act game. Um, the first act being the unitologist. The second act being uh, the crazy guy. Yeah, trying to get the crazy guy on, on, on board. Yeah, and then the third act, of course, being the ending, which we can talk about in for about ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've put a ban in place. Um, oh, that means we can't talk about... Oh, there's so much good stuff. Um, yeah, I actually didn't think that was that big of a twist. Um, I, I wasn't really surprised. I wasn't shocked. Well, I wouldn't say I was shocked by the twist. I just thought that it came, it, it came more abruptly and sooner than I thought it was going to. Because like I said, I, I thought that that plot line was going to be woven through till the end. And when it just sort of stopped, I was like, oh, well, I guess the game's kind of almost over. And it wasn't almost over. You know, it's a storytelling theme. It, it's really kind of interesting because it kind of plays into this. A, part, a lot of the game is about essentially Isaac being directionless. Like, like... That yeah, that that's, that's a recurring theme in the in the story is Isaac uh, just kind of not knowing what to do, so he's being dragged kind of everywhere with no clue. And the game is set up, and and this is part of the frenetic like the the fear and the energy of the game. You're just set up in this situation. You're like, what the fuck's what the fuck should I do? Like <laughs> the first one was creepy, but the second one's just like, holy shit, I don't know what's going on, you know. <laughs> and it was it, it's um. 
the voice acting. Uh, so they the, the difference. One of the big differences between Dead Space One and Dead Space Two is uh, Isaac has a voice. I mean, they're, yep. they're or a face for that matter. And a face. I thought, didn't you see his face at the end yep, of the, the first end, one? For like two seconds. There we go. Talking about the end of the game again. End of God, games. Ruining the end of Dead Space One, Kenny. Yeah, yeah. You see, you see, uh, you see Isaac's face. And Bruce Willis was dead the whole time in Six. That's months. true. Was. Um, I, I thought the voice acting. I thought it was great when you yeah. when you stomp on things and as <laughs> as you so you could stomp on corpses and and slowly over time, like if you keep hitting the button and you keep stomping, you'll start going motherfucker. God, die, die, and it's so well done, and uh, it's really good. The voice acting is fantastic. Yeah, I thought it was good too. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, let, let's ruin some of the uh, scary experiences that we think are worth worth ruining. Um, and what I mean by that is let's let's spoil some of the amazing ways that this game scares you, scares the shit out of you. But yeah. also, like the reason we're talking about the scary stuff and not pointing out any flaws because the controls and just about everything else, the graphics, they are flawlessly executed in this game. Oh yeah. Yeah. It is. It is very few and far between that, that that a game comes along where it's just, you almost feel like you don't even need to say anything about it. No, but but truly the, the, the sound design and, and in my opinion, the lighting are the two things in that game that just are above and beyond just, just mind blowing in that game. Yeah. The, it's uh they just they just executed on all parts. Everyone talks about it being a game of the year contender and it really is just a really it's like Assassin's Creed 2, which we yep. have to bring up because it's been too long since we've talked about an Assassin's Creed. That's true. Uh, and it, it was Brotherhood that we placed the ban on. So Assassin's Creed 2, that's a, that's yeah. up for discussion, yeah. It's the same sort of thing where they take a concept even though Dead Space 1 is better than Assassin's Creed 1. Yeah. Uh and they just they just made it better where it needed to be and and didn't Fuck up things that didn't need to be messed with. Yep. All right. So scary your, parts. Your absolute fate. What, what's your? Well, let's not ruin all of them. Why don't Why don't you uh, share share with me and and the listeners what your favorite scare tactic is in Dead Space Two? Hopefully, it's not the same as mine. The favorite scare tactic. Yeah. Um. I don't really have a favorite scare tactic. You don't? No. Okay, well, I'll give you mine then, and maybe it'll, maybe it'll jar your maybe memory. Maybe it'll jigger, jigger my memory. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so my favorite scare tactic, which ironically is exactly the same as, as it was in the original Dead Space, but so much better executed in the second one, is the way that they use lighting um, to scare you. And you mean like when they would like turn off lights and then turn yeah, them back on arbitrarily? And yeah. then they flicker for just the right amount of time that you thought they'd come back on and there'd be enemies around. And, and again, that, that it brings you back to that whole um, kind of technique where n- nothing uh, is used to great advantage in this game. When there is nothing around, surprisingly, that is super scary in Dead Space 2. It's so frightening. And, and, the, and, and the lighting was one of the key, key parts, in my opinion, as to how they did that. Um, sometimes it was as simple as a flickering light. Sometimes... Um, you know, a cable or a can would would roll across the floor, and it would create just enough movement in in the the still room that that you'd 
that that panic mode would set in. Like, you know, when you're driving on the freeway and you see the cop and you're not sure if you were speeding and, like, your heart jumps up for a split second? It was, yeah. It was exactly like that. And I think that um, the pinnacle, the one of the scarier parts in that game and the way that they use lighting the best that was super scary is... Um, Oh, I feel like not spoiling it. So I'll just say it for you, Kenny, so you know which part I'm talking about. The part where you're in the elevator and you don't see something and then all of a sudden you see it. Uh, Are you you catching my drift? Oh, you're talking when the lights turn off and then your your dead ex shows up? (laughs) (laughs) I was trying not to spoil it. How can we talk about the ending without getting to the fact that the dead ex-girlfriend from the first game is pretty much the most prominent figure throughout the game. We can't not spoil it. All right. Well, here we go again, folks. Huge spoiler alert. So the, so one of my favorite parts. Oh, man, that was a great. That was so, oh, God, Second, that was so I, I won't even I won't tell you which elevator. It you is didn't it. even do it justice. You're just in an elevator and the lights turn off and then out of nowhere you see a glowing two glowing eyes and a glowing mouth yeah, and slowly, up. yeah. Yeah, slowly coming towards light. you. Oh man! And slowly, like light shines on it. You see the blood. Like, yep. it it was amazing. You did remind me of my favorite scare tactic, which is one Excellent. of the more joltier ones. Um, that one was like really good. It was really good. But when you're in going to board the train for the for the first time, and mm-hmm. and you're just sitting there, and uh, you walk in, and you get you get another cut sequence with uh, your dead. Your dead wife or girlfriend. Not wife, by the way. Girlfriend. Thank God. Um, yeah, seriously. Uh, can you imagine what that game would be if they were married for ten years? Oh, man. <laughs> man, two years was enough to fuck them up. Uh, and the train on fire comes running by really quickly. <laughs> You're sitting yeah. there and you just finished this really slow-moving sequence where the colors are, are kind of weird. And then like right towards the end of it... You hear, like, a screaming train of people on fire, like, goes by <laughs> at 40 miles an hour, and it just makes you jump out of your chair. Yeah. And you're about to just, you know, happily walk off the train and do whatever you got to do next, and all of a sudden it's like, nope, nope. <laughs> that was scary. Wait, you don't walk off the train. What do you mean? That's when you're right. getting on the other train. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm confusing that with the passenger station, when you arrive at the passenger station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much, so much good stuff. There is so much good stuff because you know what else we have. You know what else we didn't even cover yet, Kenny. What, Kenny? Oh yeah, uh, you're with. Uh, so your headphones. It it shows up more with headphones than it does, it does with the speakers. But it's fucking scary. But essentially, pretty much throughout the game, people are whispering Isaac the yeah. whole time. The whole time. Well, it's the marker. Um, yep. And so, again, you know, they do it at exactly the right moment in time. You, you'll walk into a room, the lights will flicker for a second, you'll be like, nope, nobody around. A can will fall off the table and make this horrendously scary sound of just metal hitting the floor. And you'll freak out and you'll oh, look yeah. around for a second and you'll be like, where's the monster? Oh my god, where? Oh, okay, I'm in the clear. And then all of a sudden, Isaac, like in your headphones, <laughs> is just like, holy shit, dude. Why did you have to do that? That was just over the top. That I did was, like the true. random garbage cans that roll out. Oh, yeah, dude, everywhere. It's perfect. Like, I don't it'll know. It'll just be walking in a, and it'll just be, it's always the same type of garbage can, too. Yeah. It'll just roll out and it'll make a loud noise. Oh, so good. Yeah. Um, this game makes you wonder if they, they have a person working at Visceral. Like, their title is chief scary person yeah <laughs> like, yeah who does who's in charge of that over there i wonder i wonder if they like they actually have a group of people and they're, they're 
their sole job is to make scary things. I don't know. Maybe they gave him the job of being the game designer on uh, uh, Dante's Inferno. Because yeah, that that was pretty scary. That was pretty terrible. <laughs> it's pretty horrifying. Actually, I'm gonna play through that. I haven't played through it. I have no idea. I'm just, just why, why? Why would you do that, Kenny? Because I I love uh, I love iconography. Did you play the demo? I did. It was like God of War. I mean, there's, there's it was just, not like God of War. Well, it was like boobsy. You look make boobs love. But that's let's, that's a topic for another time. We'll talk about. Uh, we only do one game per podcast now, Kenny. I know. Um, so I want to talk about the ending, and it's ending time. Awesome. We've made it. I'm I'm very proud of you. Uh, I don't want to talk about the one part that I know you love the most. Uh, that has to do with uh, your vision. Like, uh, oh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave that one. I think that one's a good one to that leave. That one's the good one to leave. Just I mean, it's not really a big deal. Uh, so consider consider anyone who's gonna who still has to play through Dead Space Two that's listening to this. Consider what we just didn't spoil for you. A fantastic gift from, yeah. from Kenny and I to you. The only thing we'll ever want to give to you, you inconsiderate asshole. Um, so, a lot of the game, the plot is really about Isaac's guilt because he encouraged his girlfriend to stay on the Ishimura, which worked out incredibly well for her. Yeah, really. I, sh- I mean, seriously, inspirational. I mean, who wouldn't want to commit suicide and then probably become a generic me- necromorph? For- Life's goal, baby. Yeah. Picked up by one of those fucking uh, manta ray guys. <laughs> I, those guys are sick. I forgot about those guys. Uh, the manta rays that make necromorphs. Yeah. And the, when the first one popped up, I felt like anger. Because I hated them so much yeah. in the first game. How they're sick. Um, so you spend the whole game actually dealing with this guilt. And this, this character of um, your ex-girlfriend like keeps haunting you. And, and bringing it up about how she's dead. And... Uh, how uh, not really laying the blame on you, you lay the blame on yourself. And then you get to a point in the game where uh, he like he reaches literally like it's like a psychological first step and he makes a big leap and she turns to normal and it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they kind of progress and you think it's going to be about letting her go. Yes. And, and it is about letting her go. But when you get to the very end of the game, <laughs> when you're standing in front of the marker... It turns out you were wrong the whole time, and she's just the crazy marker person yeah. trying crazy to kill psychic. you. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I, thought, I actually thought that was disappointing. Really? Well... I thought it was hilarious. Well, it was... Well, I felt like they had made this, like, really good psychological journey. Great, like, dialogue, interaction. You know, they had this, like, kind of creepy figure. And then you get to the end, and it's just like, it turns out that it's, like, you know, it's the supervillain. Like, it's kind of a bummer. I guess I really liked it because you know what? It's like it was like the having your cake and eating it too. You got this fantastic, you know, story-driven character development and and narrative, and you got to experience that whole beautiful period of him kind of like learning about himself and maybe maybe thinking about and starting to be comfortable with letting his wife go and the memory of her and blah blah blah. You got all that, and then she also was a crazy psycho bitch, and you still had to fight her with this epic boss battle, and it was amazing. Uh, well, I didn't think the boss battle was that epic, but I do think it's funny the way you just described the plot, and then thinking about just how much, like, chopping of limbs and squishing of human beings you do it's like the, you're like this beautiful journey 
<laughs> Motherfucker! <laughs> and like you're shooting off. Oh man. Uh, yeah, I thought the boss battle was was. Uh, you know, maybe it I'm sounds just... like you didn't have nearly as much trouble with it as I. I, I remember spending two evenings. No, I, at least I an hour apiece trying to pass the the final boss battle. I died about. 15 times, I want to say. Okay, yeah, I was only at about 20, but it, for some reason it, it felt like, you know, you, you texted me or whatever, yeah, I'm going in the final boss battle, and literally, like, 10 minutes later, you're like, that was a great game. And I was like, really? You didn't struggle with it at all? No, I totally did. I think I got in touch with you, like, halfway through that. Okay, <laughs> okay. That um, makes me feel a little bit better. Also, I invested in the uh, the the cutter. What's the original weapon that you get? The plasma cutter, yeah. The plasma cutter, and I invested in that heavily, so I pretty much didn't even focus on the kids. I just started shooting her with that, and that strategy worked. Hmm. Like, Interesting. I just kept it focused on her, and like some kids would hit me, and then they would die, and I would go and collect stuff, and then i just keep focusing on her as quickly as possible. I hate those kids, man. They were great, though. They're amazing. I just hate them. So with I, a passion. At the end of the game, it turns out that there's an overseer, and that yeah. there's about seven other markers that you have to destroy. Markers being what you destroyed at the end of the game. Both Dead Space 1 and Dead Space 2. Yep. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I wonder if they're ever going to ever, how they could change it up from the atmosphere. Like the space station thing. Like how do you make a different type of game setting. Or Wild, Wild West. Yeah, yeah. Like, the markers in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just barren open land. And the scary yeah. part is uh, you bought a house in the Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> the, the scary part will be when they say it's somewhere and it's in Wyoming. <laughs> I have to go all the way through Wyoming to find that thing. Oh my god, Wyoming, you monsters. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they could switch. You know, I, I certainly think they could do a lot um, as far as, you know, quote-unquote tugging at our heartstrings around Isaac as, a, as an important character versus a part he might play in, in this whole debacle. But a setting? I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine necromorphs and crazy guns and space station electricians anywhere other than where we've seen them so far so who knows also as a final note as a closing note actually i love how the suits look that he wears they're so cool they just look that's a good point they just look so good and they look great in the first one and they look so cool and they really sell the setting yep along with you know the thing we've we've always talked about in the past and love from the first game too which is all the integrated hud stuff and oh. just clearing out the interface and making me focus on what's in front of me i mean yep. they, there's so many just little things little good things and polish and well thought yep. out parts of this game i mean it's it's amazing it's a really really good game you know i gotta say dead space 2 was one of the few games this year that i didn't find any real big minus minus that kind of ending which i had a little issue with I didn't really find any flaws with a lot of things. I yeah, thought it was great. There's, there's a couple, uh, you know, I stumbled across a couple movement glitches. Like, really, that's that's how picky I'd have to get. Where yeah. every once in a while I'd want to stomp on something and he'd, you know, kind of glitch to the left slightly before he stomped on it. And it's like, whatever. So, uh, but everything else was nearly pitch perfect. So uh, we recommend, as we always do now on these podcasts. Yeah, we're, uh, we're going to change this podcast to... 
video game recommendations by Matthew Anderson and Kenny Myers. Buy all these AAA titles. Surprise, surprise. We are not sponsored, we promise. <laughs> Cross our hearts and hope not to die. Uh, awesome. So, uh, yeah. So this is Chips and Bits, and I am the, the co-host this week. Not the host. But handling the outro. Yep. Uh, Kenny Myers, and with me as always, is, is the lovely Matthew Anderson. And thank you for listening. Yes, thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoy playing Dead Space 2 as much as we did. And mm-hmm. we'll see you some other time, hopefully next week. Isaac. <laughs>